I believe God's gotten something for you. Um, I was listening to that song. Um, I, uh, my, the staff has got me, uh, when I work out on the elliptical, um, I listened to, uh, oh gosh, what is it? It's not iTunes. I listened to Spotify. So they got me a Spotify account. So the worship team now, I don't know if they like it that I have Spotify because I always like, let's do this song. Let's do this song. Let's do, we have a list, Pastor. We, let's do this song. Hallelujah. But this song, um, and I'll tell you who wrote it in a minute. It's not really popular yet. Um, Ryan Kennedy, he's married to someone you know, Charity Gale. Um, they were here, you all remember them. He plays the guitar. And so I was, I was just minding my own business. And uh, sometimes if, you know, I know some of you go to the same gym I do. And, you know, I go in and I'm very intense. And if I don't say hello, it's not because I don't know you or I don't like you. I'm just there to get one thing done. Hallelujah. I don't have much time. And I got to go in there, get her done. And I'm listening to Brother Keith usually kicking me, me spiritually. And I'm trying to kick my butt naturally. But this song came on and I started to weep. Now, that's a little embarrassing at the gym with all the fellas and you begin to weep. I think actually I can t- take you to the machine that I was on. I wasn't on, I wasn't on the elliptical. I remember where I was now. And I came home and I made Pastor Rhonda listen to the song. And I'm like, listen to it. And she began to cry. There is something for us in this hour. And that's kind of my gifting sometimes is if you know being around me uh, during worship sometimes, the Lord will use me in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So music and songs move me. The right one can get me into the realm of the spirit. The wrong one at the wrong time can make me go, eh. But so I'm so grateful for our worship team. Hallelujah. Uh, when Cindy Black was here this Wednesday night, she, was, she went on and on about our worship team. Hallelujah. We're grateful for them. They put in a lot of time. But the anointing is in this room tonight. And, and I don't always do it like this, but there's something about this song. And you and I have got to make a choice to move closer. And let me tell you some things. So, Pastor Rhonda, I, I, over the last two saturation uh, uh, in, this, what month is it? We're in September. So she did it in August and September on purpose. And, and so, but this morning when she was talking about um, relationship and fellowship with the Lord, it really kind of goes along. Because I know you all remember in August I spoke on um, intimacy with God. You remember that, right? It was a whole month ago, right? You didn't remember. I barely remember. Hallelujah. And so, but it's in, you know, um, and, and so I, I want to continue. So this is part two of that. And if you'll, re- I just want to review. Remember, we talked about walking with God. How many know Noah and Enoch walked with God? One of the things the Lord has, has talked to me is not just me as a minister, but every one of you. You've got to be careful that you, um, you trade in our relationship and make it religion. Um, sometimes in our circle, we, pe- we say about those people who are religious, we don't want to be that. But I've been around enough of us that sometimes as we grow, we get religious. I don't want to be religious. I want to have a relationship. And so it's all about relationship. Amen? And, and you, uh, and we, so we talk about uh, Noah and Enoch last time and how they walked with God. And, of course, walking is transportation. But the Lord told me that if I would just walk, because I remember one time I was, I was fussing about something or something wasn't working. He just kind of almost grabbed me a little bit. And he, not, not out here, but in here. He said, Mark, just walk with me. Just walk with me. And walking is a transportation device. Enoch walked with God and he was no more. I want to go on that ride. Noah walked with God, and he was righteous in his generation, and God had him build a boat. 
And he got to start everything over again, he and his family. Why? Because he simply walked with God. I believe in right, come on, you know, if you've been around here a minute, you know I believe in right doctrine. Doctrine is very important. But don't just be right at doctrine and right at that and, and then not have relationship, not have fellowship. Pastor Rhonda went over it this morning. Why were you and I created? What is our highest purpose in life? Our highest purpose in life is to be with him. Our highest purpose. You were created by him, but you were created for him. And so our highest purpose is to be like Adam and Eve in the garden and fellowship with the Lord. And one of the things the devil will try hardest on me and you is to break that communion, break that fellowship, break that closeness with Father God. Hallelujah. But you and I are not going to let that happen. And even if we have taken a a step backwards, because listen to me, in your closeness with God, in your relationship, you're either going forward, there is no status quo. You're either going forward because there's a a river in this world that tries to push you backward. But you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go forward and you gotta do it on purpose. Everybody say, I'm taking a step. Hallelujah. So we talked about that last week, and I know you, were talk- we remember, you remember this. We talked about being a friend of the world is an enemy of God. I didn't say it. He did. He said friendship with the world. In other words, acting like the world, talking like the world, believing what the world believes is okay. And there's a whole lot of even supposedly uh, uh, church leaders that are saying that these things are now okay because time has changed and culture has changed. But listen, you can have a thousand translations of the word of God, but the original has not changed. There is no Bible 2.0. There are no updates needed. And as a matter of fact, if you add to it or subtract from it, you in trouble. And so there's a whole lot of people in trouble right now. Don't mess with the word of God. He said what he meant, and he knew that this in 2022 and 23 and 24, he knew everything. And if we're here till 2050, he still knows, and he, and he knew what was going to happen. Amen. And so I don't want to, I want to be God's friend. Amen. Friend not only in position, but friend in actions and friend in relationship. Are, are you all here? Hallelujah. Um, so Pastor Rhonda this morning, she talked about one of the benefits of a close walk with God with relation to God is abiding in the secret place. Psalms 91. Come on. I'm grateful uh, for many things for Mary and Pastor Rhonda, but her revelation of Psalms 91 has saved my backside a few times. Just delivered us out of some things. I mean, just delivered us. But there's something about the secret place. Everybody say the secret place. So what happens in a secret place? Well, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. But she said it this way, and I really like this. She talked about Abram. And this was, remember, uh, this was before uh, Isaac was born. Remember, God came down because Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, the things that were going on there, and because their sin called out for judgment, and they were going down to judge it. But God knew that Lot lived there, and he was Abram's nephew. And so God stopped by Abram's house. Actually, this is how Sarah got faith to have Isaac, because she didn't have it before. It's not my subject tonight. But finally, Sarah heard from God herself, and she, and she counted God faithful. And she's able to receive. you got to hear from God yourself. 
I said, you got to hear from God yourself. Pastor Rhonda said it this morning. We're not trying to raise up a bunch of echoes around here. Amen. you got to be a voice. In other words, you got to know him for yourself. It's not enough for you to say brother so-and-so said or sister so-and-so said. you got to know what he said to you, and you got to be able to say it's written in the word of God. God spoke to me. I've experienced. That makes you a voice. That makes you a witness. That makes you a disciple. But talking about the secret things, so God said, how can I do this thing without stopping by my friend's house? And so God told him a secret thing so that he could intercede. And so remember, he said uh, he was the first auctioneer. Give me 50, give me 50, give me 50, give me 45, give me 45, give me 40, give me 40, give me 40, give me 30. Who could, uh, come on, go on, Lord. Can you hold off for 20? Hallelujah. And so he worked it all the way down, and there was just Lot. And then by his marriage to his wife and his two daughters and their two husbands. So, the, so remember, even the Lord called um, Lot righteous. I don't understand. But he called him righteous because where he came from. So cool. And that saved his bacon. But God gave, I believe, I've heard some people preach it because this is so true, I believe. If God would have said, Lord, I don't want Lot to move back in with me. Can we just spare it? I believe the Lord would have. But he, but he stopped. He stopped at ten righteous. But he saved Lot. The Lord saved Lot. Listen, why? Because Abram was God's friend. Because he was close. Because they were in covenant. Do you have a covenant? Remember what Jesus said to you? He said, I don't call you servant anymore. What does he call you? And I've heard some people, well, being a friend of God is not, is not right. Well, Jesus said you're his friend. So take it. Hallelujah. Better his friend than his enemy. Hallelujah. I am a friend of God. So many different relationships. So, um, so in, 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 in ministering that this morning, then what I had on my heart is uh, God wants us to draw near. He wants us to draw. So let's look at some scripture about drawing near. And uh, again, I want, I want to caution you. Now, you all, you've, most of you have been here a while, but if you're just new, a lot of times religion teaches us that it's all on God. If it's going to get done, it's all on God. Well, there's truth to that. There's a half-truth to that. Without God, we can't do anything. Without God, it's not going to happen. But really, um, there's a God side and there's a man side to everything. Everybody say, there's a God side and there's my side. And when it comes to drawing near to God, it seems to me, and I'm going to give you the word, that he's done all he's going to do about drawing you. I remember back in the day, there was a real popular book uh, um, talking about uh, this man basically made a good, uh, wrote a book, and he's not around very much anymore, or I don't, I don't know, but it was basically that God was hiding from you, and you had to seek him until you found him. God was playing hide and seek, and God doesn't play hide and seek. He's on the throne. He's never moved. There's no variableness with him. And so God sought, this is what I came to my heart. The Lord said, I sought you all so much that I sent my son to seek, to seek, and to save that which was lost. I stood at the door and I knocked at your heart. It's up to you to open it and let him in. But when it comes to you and I as a born-again believer, you've got to understand that God's not moving. And he's not going to move you. You're going to have to move yourself. 
And it's about desire, and it's about, you got to understand, the devil wants to keep you out of the presence of God. He wants to keep you away from God. And trust me on this one, I do understand this. You can get, uh, even for me, I can get busy doing the things of God and not even get to God. It's very important, and I know you, if you work 40, 50 hours a week and you got a family, and I'm grateful you're here tonight, but this is just supposed to be for me to get you going so that you can draw close to God. Everybody say, I took a step. I'm taking a step, amen. So let's look at these scriptures, Jeremiah 29, 11. We're doing these out of the King James. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, but to give you an expected end. Aren't you glad he's thinking about you? Aren't you glad he knows your name? Verse 12. Then you call on me. Who's going to call? I'm going to call. And you shall go and pray to me. Who's going to pray? I'm going to pray. And what's he going to do? I'm going to hearken unto you. Verse 13. And you will seek me. Who's going to seek me? I'm going to seek him. And then you're going to do what? Fine. He's not hiding. He's not hiding. He's not, he's not far away. <laughs> he's in your heart. Hallelujah. And you'll find me when you search with me with all of your heart. Verse 14a. And I will be found of you. I will be found of you. If you seek, you're going to find. If you knock, the door will be open. Amen. He will be, if you seek him, he's not hiding from you. If you want to draw near to him, he's stationary. I said he's stationary and you can find him when you search for him with all of your heart. Uh, Psalm 73, 28. Psalm 73, 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I will put my trust in God that I may declare all his work. Everybody say, it's good to draw near. Everybody say, I'm taking a step. Psalms 145, verse 18. Psalms 145, the Lord is near. I said, the Lord is near. I said, the Lord is near unto all of them that call on him. How? That I call upon him in truth. So is God running away from you? Is God hard? He said, no, he's near to everybody who has truth in their heart. Remember what Jesus said? He said about the religious people, he said, they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. How many of you know that, it, that, that God wants your heart and then he can have all of you? But if you, who gets near to God? Who gets near to God? If you feel away from God, maybe it's that you're not coming in truth. Maybe it's you're trying to come to him in religion. Maybe you're trying to come to him in wrong doctrine, wrong thoughts. And he's good and he's merciful and he's kind. But the Bible says he's near to all those who call upon him in truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man gets to the Father, but how? Through Jesus, the way, but Jesus, the truth. So if you want to get near to Father God, if you feel distant, you might want to check up on your truth level. Amen. Because if you draw near to him, he will do what? He'll draw near to you. We're going to look at that right now, James 4.8. James 4.8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. We looked at the other part last time. I just want to, everybody say, I'm taking a step. So if I draw near, what's he going to do? Why? Because he's stationary. He's stationary. He is, he's drawn you. He drew you by sending you Jesus. He drew you when you asked to be born again. You asked for your sins to be given. Uh, he cleansed you. And he, he drew near by moving in. You can't get any nearer than that. I said you can't get any nearer than that. He lives in you. He lives in you. In him we live and move and have our being. 
In him we live and he's in us. So that's near. It's near. <laughs> it's near. He's near. And so as I was pondering these things and, and really uh, thinking about them, Lord, why is it sometimes we can't seem to get near? And, and, and you can't but judge this on feeling. But sometimes you know when you're not connecting. Just like if you have a spouse, you know that sometimes it's like you got to work at it a little more. Busyness, uh, whatever. You said something, they didn't understand, all those kind of things. But with God, you know when you're clicking on all cylinders, right? And it's not a feeling, but it's a knowing. That's what sometimes as a preacher, I, you know, no matter what it is, it's always the word and it's always good. But you know in your heart when you got it out. And I want to do, and I'm doing that tonight, I can tell. You've all, we've set an atmosphere. God's in the room. Hallelujah. I said God's in the room. Hallelujah. Everybody say it again. Say, I'm taking a step. Why are you doing that? Because I want you to leave tonight. No, I took a step. It's not a feeling. It's a knowing. Hallelujah. So I was just, Lord, what, what causes people not to draw close? What, what does that? And so Hebrews chapter 10 is just... Right here is as plain as the nose on your face, as they say. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at, uh, we'll stay in the King James, uh, Hebrews 10, 19. And then we're going to read down through 23, and then we're going to look at it. Say it one more time, so I'm taking a step. step. There's part of me wants to push you. (laughs) That's just the way I am. But I can't. I can't. It's up to you. Totally up to you. Travis, stand up right there in the middle of the aisle. Travis, stand right there. Get usher right behind him real quick. In the name of Jesus, everything, every weapon formed against you, I call it null and void in Jesus' name. He perfects that which concerns you. And this opposition has to go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'll move close to your heart. Tell me secrets. Woo! Hallelujah. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and a living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near. Let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So let's look at this. Let's look at this. Um, Hallelujah. Uh, Somebody's got an affection in their body. 
that just won't seem to go away. You're on the second or third round of antibiotics. Who is that? Lift your hand real quick. Hallelujah. All right, right back there. Hallelujah. Yep, 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 yep. Stand up. Stand up right in front of your seat real quick. Hallelujah. You're on your second or third round of antibiotics. The infection is going to go right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I speak to that infection. I speak to that infection. Lift your hands and receive from God right now. The gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation. And I command it to leave your body in the name of, there you go, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name that's above every name, there you go. Hallelujah. I speak life to your body, and I command that to leave. Give me that thing right there. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father, the anointing of God that's in this room right now. As I lay my hands on this uh, cloth, I thank you the anointing goes into this right now. And the healing power of God, the miracle-working power of God is released in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, what's that? Well, those are the gifts of the Spirit. Well, I thought you were teaching. I am. Hallelujah. But he has permission for divine interruptions anytime. This is his but this is his stuff. That ain't mine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Why are we why I don't know. Hallelujah. Let's keep going. I like it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll get to the message because he gave it to me. So uh, hallelujah. Having therefore, brethren, boldness. <laughs> That's a little bit of that on me right now. Hallelujah. Boldness. So this is the deal. Why people don't get closer. Is because they lack boldness. They lack boldness. I want to show you this. Uh, um, they don't enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus uh, because they lack boldness. But let's look at this first. Um, the first reason uh, they lack boldness, but really they don't know that they have access. Religion teaches you that God is afar off. The sovereign God can't be bothered with your little trite problems. He's God and you can't figure him out. But that is the furthest thing from the truth. He is Father. He is Abba. And he cares about everything to your little toe, to the back tooth in your head. And he cares so much that he knows the number of hairs that are on each one of our head. He cares so much that he actually knows all of your names. The ones your mama calls you when you're in trouble. He knows all of them. He knows you. But a lot of times people won't come because they don't think they really have a right or they have access. Let's look at this some scripture. Ephesians 2.18. Ephesians 2.18. For through him, for through him, we both have access. So the Lord, because of Jesus, are y'all born again? Is he in you? Are you in him? Then you have access. You have access to the throne room of God. You have, you don't need a key. You don't need, you don't need something, you don't, you don't need to show any ID. They know you there. 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 And you have been invited to come into the throne room anytime, any place. You have free access. Come on, you have free access to God by Jesus. Through him we have access by one spirit, by the Holy Ghost. Amen. You back up Ephesians 2.13. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were sometimes, you used to be far off. You used to be far off. 
You salabande la frente, but you can manga shokopoye, da sita la brata. Once you were aliens and strangers to me, but by the blood of my son, I have drawn you close to me. So why do you stand afar off? I invite you to enter in. Woohoo! Hallelujah. I'm glad we had saturation meeting tonight. Hallelujah. You, <laughs> woo. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Martin Teresa, stand up, move in the aisle real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody stand behind him real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for uh, the right moment and the right time. We send them forth. We send them forth with the power and the glory. I thank you, Father, that every one of their needs, and I thank you for equipment. 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 <laughs> Who me? Yes, you. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. Let's go. Hallelujah. <laughs> we were once far off. My goodness. We were once far off, but we've been made near. I don't have to stay in the outer courts anymore. I've been invited in. I'm on the inside. I'm in the know. Sometimes some of you, you wish, well, I was on the inside. I wish I was in leadership. Listen, you're in the leadership. You're, you're in the know. You're, you're with the king. I'm with him. I'm with him. I belong to him. He's my daddy. Hallelujah. He's my daddy. He's my daddy. He's my daddy. He's my daddy. Hallelujah, I have access to the throne room of the creator of the almighty God. Why do we get so caught up in all these natural things and who we know and this or that? I can name drop to you. I know Jehovah Jireh. I know El Shaddai. I know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am a child of the most high God. Hallelujah, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. Woo, hallelujah, 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 glory to God, hallelujah, amen, amen. Hey man, uh, let's go to Bosheh. Let's go, Hebrews 10, 20 something, 20, just 20. Go next one down. Shoo wee, I haven't been here in a while. I haven't been here in a while. <sighs> By a new and a living way. It's nice to be here. It's, it's nice to be here. By a, By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Come on, Jesus tore the, the, the veil down, ripped it from top to bottom. By, he, he did it by his body. You have a free invite. Come on, you're welcome. Come in. Come in. Come in. But people won't come in because they don't believe they have access. Listen, the Holy of Holies is a real place. It always has been. There was a replica made here on earth. 
where the, the high priest in the old covenant would go in once a year and bring in the blood of, you know, uh, of, of calves and goats and all that kind of stuff. And they would go in and, um, you know, the high priest had to have it all together, <laughs> you know, because they were going into the holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's true or not true. I've heard some people say, don't say that it's not true, but it just sounds cool. You know, they, some people say they used to have bells on there with a rope, and if they fell over, they'd just pull them out. How, I don't know if it's true or not. That's probably a religious thing. But, but just to know that uh, you don't have to be, listen to me, they, could, they had to be afraid because they were only covered. See, what all that blood was, when they put it, take that blood and put it on the scapegoat and send it out, they are just covered for a year. His blood didn't cover you. His blood cleansed you. His blood changed you. And you know, you got to get, understand this. He's the only one worthy of glory and honor, but, and he's the only one holy, but he made you holy. He made you worthy. He gave you, you're not hiding under the blood of Jesus. You're washed by it. I'm hiding under Jesus. I, I, he sees me. You know, he has to look through the blood to see me. No, the blood, he sent the blood to cleanse you, to make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. You have free access. Come on, get after it. You can go in. Don't wait the church to go in. Go in before you go to church and come in while you've been right in the presence of God in the Holy of Holies. So number one, why don't people go in? I just don't think they know they have the access. Everybody say, I'm taking a step. Why? I have access. I have access. I have access to the great I am. I have access to the Holy One. I have access to God Almighty, who is my Father. Something you'll see here, um, back to verse 19. It says, having therefore, brethren, boldness. And so the other thing I see is people are not bold to enter in. Um, you know, it's good to be around someone and be encouraged, but you really are the only one that can enter in. God's not going to really take you and grab you and pull you in. Are you, are you listening to me? Because that's what people are waiting for. Well, I need, Lord, uh, grab me and pull. You no, know, he said, he, he's saying, here's the throne room. You have access. Now boldly come. Boldly come. Boldness is not arrogance. Boldness is confidence in God. And he said to boldly come. Everybody said, say this, say, I'm taking a bold step. Taking a bold step. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4.16, you know this one. Hebrews 4.16 says that let us there come boldly unto the throne of grace. This is the deal. If you don't come boldly, you can't have the last part and you need the last part. How many, how many have ever needed mercy? Like every morning, all day long, thank God for his mercy. And to get grace to help in the time of need. That's all the graces, but especially standing grace. So when the devil comes, you have grace to stand in so that you can send him on his little way. But you got to come boldly before the throne of grace. You got to come boldly to the holy of holies. In other words, I'm not going to, what causes us not to come boldly? So um, the third thing, let's keep reading. But, uh, so everybody say boldly. boldly. Say I'm taking a bold step. I'm going to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Aren't you grateful for the blood? Thank you, thank you Lord for the blood. 
by a new and a living way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He has consecrated us though uh, through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest. Are you grateful Jesus is your high priest? He's the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He's the high priest that ever lives to make intercession for you. He's the high priest of your profession or your confession. Jesus is your high priest. Jesus is not sitting floating around in glory. He is doing a job, and that job is being your high priest. He ever lives to make intercession for you and me. He ever lives to remind the Father his blood is on the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Jesus is our great high priest. Hallelujah. Over the whole house of God. Woo, and he's your high priest. And it says, let us draw near. I'll move close to where you are. Where are you? He's always been on the throne room. He's always been on the throne. There's no variableness. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, no shadow of turn. He's not going to move. He's still sitting in the north side of heaven. I don't have time. He's there. He's invited you. He's given you access. And he said, not just access, but boldness. But how are you going to do this? With a true heart. With a sincere heart. Oh, so it's not just all, it's not on God. Now, in order for us to get close, we got to do something with our heart, with our cardia, with the center of us. And this is what, so um, draw near with a sincere heart. Um, 1 Timothy 1.5 says we have to have a pure heart and a, and a good conscience and faith unfeigned. So everybody say this, say, I have a pure heart. See, when you say that, if something's not pure in you, then the Holy Ghost, the one who will correct you, would say, well, let's work on this then. So it's good just to say it. We say, well, I, I know I don't have a pure heart. Well, say it anyway. Say, I have a pure heart. Say it again. Say, I have a pure heart. Say, I'm taking a step. Say, I, say I took a step. <laughs> And, and, and when you do it, you got to have a pure heart. Well, if you say, well, I know there's some stuff in there i got to get fixed. Well, as you say, I've got a pure heart. He'll just deal with it. And then when he deals with it, you'll just deal with it. And if you push it down, what will you do? You'll take a step back. Because see, listen, the Lord will deal with you if you don't have a pure heart. If you've got unforgiveness, if you're dealing with something, when you, take, when you come up close to him, he'll deal with you. Remember, you remember the fire? Anybody want the fire of God? Yeah, well, it's also a refiner's fire. Uh, what will it do? Well, it, it'll burn up the chaff. What's the chaff? It's your flesh. Oh, Lord, send the fire just now. What does he want? What's he going to do? He's going to burn your flesh up. Hallelujah. Not literally, but all the fleshiness that you are and your flesh needs to be burned up in the fire of God. Amen. What is this fire like? It's like fuller soap. That's like in the old days, some of you young ones don't know it, but we used to have this brand, I don't know if they do it anymore. It was called Lava, A-L-A-V-A. And it will scrub the skin right off of you. So it got the dirt because it got the skin. But you was clean. Shouldn't use it on your face. Hallelujah. But listen, his blood, his fire is like fuller soap. It'll clean you up. And so, listen... I'm not talking about perfection. All you perfectionists in the room, quit it. Because you're never going to be perfect in your own strength. You're perfect in him. You're perfect in him. You're accepted in the beloved. You're holy. 
You're righteous. You're clean. Why? Because of him. Because of him. But how do you get close to him? A pure heart, good conscience, and faith unfeigned. A real, unfeigned faith means real faith, not the fake stuff. Not the fake Gucci. Not the fake Rolex. Not the fake hair. The real stuff. Real faith. Real faith. Real faith. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Get back in the spirit with me. Get back in the spirit. Back in the spirit. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't leave me. Don't leave me hanging. 2 Corinthians 1.12. 2 Corinthians 1.12. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience. Notice he keeps saying your conscience. Because, see, your conscience has everything to do with whether you'll draw near to God or not. I said your conscience. What is your conscience? Well, where is it located? It's located in your cardia. It's in your soul. Your conscience. Um, it's, where, it's, it's part of where you know what's right and what's wrong. It's how you know in your conscience after you get born again. It's how you know to keep the Ten Commandments without ever seeing the Ten Commandments. You, you know the difference now between right and wrong. And, and like the Apostle Paul said, many have seared their conscience. What does that mean? Well, it, when I was growing up, when I worked at McDonald's when I was 16, back in the day, ancient days, um, they used to have a sear tool where you put the quarter pounder, come frozen, not fresh. That's Wednesdays. Wendy's. Uh, you get the frozen thing, and you get this sear tool, and you, you take it on the hot grill, and you sear it. So that it contacts with the, the, the griddle, with the, with the stove or whatever that's called, with the hot thing. That's how your hamburger cooks. Well, you, that's great for a piece of meat, but you don't want to do that with your heart. Because uh, uh, it's, it's uh, cauterized. No blood flow. You need to keep your conscience clear. I need to keep my conscience clear. How am I going to draw close? Well, uh, the testimony of our conscience that is simplicity and godly sincerity, godly sincerity, godly sincerity. Not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have our conversation world and more abundantly to you, word. Let's look at one more. Uh, first Samuel, let's go back. First Samuel 16, 7. You all know this one. Remember when the Lord was selecting a king and, and the prophet said, oh, he's good looking. He's the oldest. He's the one. You remember that? But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his countenance nor on his height or his statue. Just because he's tall and can play ball don't mean I'm going to make him king because I have refused him. Not meaning I don't like him or I'm never going to use him for anything, but it says, for the Lord sees not as a man sees. For the man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. Now listen, now don't get away with this. I've heard people do this. I've been pastoring a long time now. Well, the Lord knows my heart. Well, I know your heart too by your words and your actions. So don't be trying to play that. Well, you know, you do stuff and say stuff that's ornery and mean. And you say, oh, the Lord knows my heart. Everybody just knows your heart because it leaked out of your mouth and by your actions. So it's not talking about that. It's talking about genuinely God doesn't look on your outward appearance. He doesn't select you based on what you look like, how tall you are, how short you are, how, how, how narrow you are, how wide you are, and the color of your house. He picks you because of your heart. Your heart. 
And you don't get to pick where you're at anyway. You just let him do the picking. And you find it and you follow it and you will be satisfied. Everybody said the Lord looks at the heart. So what do I got to do? I got I to make sure my heart is good. That it's sincere. That it's unfeigned. That it's real. And it's towards God. That it's towards God. So God looks at what? The heart. Hallelujah. So let's go back to Hebrews 10. Let us draw near. So why do people not go in? Number one is because they don't really know that they have free access. They may have heard it, but they don't really believe that they have free access. They're waiting on an invitation. They're waiting on God to pull them in. They're waiting on something out here to happen, a manifestation of some sort of a glory cloud, which I thank God for. And the Shekinah, I told the Lord, it's like, everybody's seeing the glory around here. Every guest minister we're having and see the glory. I want to see the glory. Hallelujah. Anyway, I know he's here. I said, I know he's here. I know he's here. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and so, hallelujah. So, but, but um, number one is because they don't know they have free access. Number two is they just, they're not confident. They're not bold. You know, this is the confidence that I have in him. That if I ask, so if your faith works that way, how, uh, getting close to God. We're talking about getting close to God. Do you want to be closer? Everybody say, I took a step. What, I'm, I'm drawing near. I'm drawing near. Who's doing the drawing? I'm doing the drawing. If you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you, says the Lord. Who's got to do the drawing? Jesus has done everything he's going to do about, about giving you access to the throne room of grace. You can, you can tell him, Lord, what, what you going to do? You know, uh, I have had some things going on. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, listen to me. Uh, begging God doesn't work. We're, you and I are past begging. We're not a dog. We're not an animal. We're sons and daughters. And you do not have to beg him to heal you. You don't have to beg him to fix something. You don't have to beg him to deliver you. He's already done it all. You don't have to beg him to come. You don't have to beg him to manifest. You don't have to beg him to draw close to you. He has already done it. It's up to you to respond to him. And you've got to decide, I'm drawing near. Everybody said, I took a step. How you do it in confidence and boldness. And then you got to make sure your heart is sincere. Um, and then the other thing, I mean, you can't hardly get away from this. You can't hardly get away with this. Let us draw near, verse 22, with a true heart in full assurance of what? Oh, there it is again. You think of faith, God's going to require you anything but faith? No. You have to come, listen, in a full assurance of faith. So the reason that people don't draw near to God is their faith. And you say, well, I just need more faith. You don't need more faith. Just use what you got. My mom will get a kick out of this. So I graduated from Rama, you know, the faith school. And I went back to my home church in Illinois. And a, a, a pastor was there, and he was a nice guy, but he really wasn't fully of our persuasion, faith persuasion. And they were singing this song when I got back, and they sang it every Sunday, and it drove me crazy every Sunday. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot, just use what you got. Faith, faith, faith. And I was just tooling around the other day, and I was thinking about some things, and the Lord began to sing to me. Faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. 
Faith, faith, faith. Just a little bit of faith. You don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. Because remember, so that was around the time I was studying on Sunday morning for when, uh, when uh, Peter or whoever, one of the apostles said, you know, because the Lord said, Give, forgive him seven times seven, 70 times seven in another place. And he said, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord ignored him. He didn't say good prayer. Did he? He didn't say good prayer. In other words, he ignored that because that's not a prayer God can answer. Lord, give me more faith. You got to pray prayers God can answer. And that's not one he can answer because he told you how to get faith. You can't, you can't get faith by um, hanging out here. You got to get faith because you believe something from the word of God. And how do you release your faith? If you had faith as a mustard seed, you'd say, come on. So he's really been dealing with me. He's really been dealing with me about you've got the measure of faith and you've got faith. Now use it by putting it in words. So having our hearts in full assurance of faith. I have faith to know that there's a throne room. My father is sitting on there. I have free access. I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. There's no longer a veil to keep me out. I can go boldly in to receive grace and mercy anytime I need. It's 24-7. It's always open. And I can go there anytime I need. And I can draw near to him. Pastor Rhonda said it. I've said it often. You have all of God. Now, you all want God or you wouldn't be here right now. But we have all of God that we want. But I want more. And there's more to get. But it's up to me to move close to him. It's up to me to obey him. It's up to me to increase my faith and go boldly into the throne room of grace. Amen. Hebrews eleven six. You all know this one well, but let's look at it anyway. But without faith, it's what? You all know that. But for he that comes to God, or if you want to get close to God, you have to believe that he is. What do you have to believe about he is about this? You have to believe that he's in the throne room and he's invited you in and said, come on in and get all the mercy and the grace you need. Come on in and fellowship with me. Don't just come in with a laundry list. Don't just come in with a wish list. Come in and talk with me. Come in and, and fellowship with me. Jesus, uh, he's, he's, he, he wants to be your best friend. Hallelujah. He'll stick closer to you than a brother. He knows everything. I like to hang out with somebody who knows everything. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that do what? Diligently seek him. Amen. Talking about getting close to God. And you got to do it by faith. Ephesians 3.12. In whom? In whom? We have boldness and confidence. Acts, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come, 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 come. These are our friends from California to Terre Haute. These are the breeds. Hallelujah. It's about to happen. Get ready. Go in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It'll, it, it all clears up now. It all clears up. 
that is done, it's over. It's moved aside in a fresh new way. The real plan that's always been being revealed step by step by step. But you'll have to take, uh, uh, take my hand, the Lord says, and let me walk you through each step. But get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm taking a step. Woo! Let's draw close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're new to this, what, what's going on? Well, the holy, this is a saturation meeting. This is a saturation meeting. And so we can do this anytime, but especially at a saturation meeting, we just let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. What are those? Well, the Bible talks about the doctrine laying on of hands. It talks about the manifestations of the Spirit are given to profit with all. To one is given the word of knowledge. That's something in the past. That happened with the, the sicknesses in the body. A word of wisdom is something about the future. We call it prophecy all the time. But it's really a word of wisdom that speaks to someone about their future, something that's going to hang on, something that's going to come, that the, the Lord just helps them. How, aren't you glad he's your helper. Well, I need a word. Well, I'm giving you a word. Hallelujah. I can't make that stuff up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And there is a certain flow tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Where are we? We're, 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 we have full, uh, in whom we have boldness. Is that what we want? And access with confidence by faith. Everybody say by faith. We have boldness and access with confidence. Those are all the words. We have, everybody say, I have boldness, I have, boldness. I have access, I have access. Confidence. confidence, by faith, by faith of him, by faith of him. Everybody say, I took a step. Woo! 22, let us draw near, true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. There it is again, our conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water. What's that talking about? What's it talking about water baptism? Eh, probably not. It's more talking about the word. Being washed with the word. How many know the word of God will wash some things away? Thank God for the renewing of the mind. The transformation of the mind. The washing away. You know, you're born again. You're a new creature. Somebody you've never been. You didn't get a remake. You got a brand new. You got a brand new. You're brand new. You're a new creation. There's never been a you like you before. Hallelujah. You're a new you. You're righteous. You're holy. Hallelujah. And yet our soul, our, our, our emotions, our mind, our mind need to take the word and wash it. Hallelujah. With the pure water. Wash with the blood of Jesus. Listen, one of the biggest things that I know in my life and in your life that keeps me out of the presence of God, and the devil uses this one morning, noon, and night. If you make a mistake, and around here we call that sin. Because if you don't identify it, it's sin. We pat it in our circles. It was just a mistake. A sin is a sin. Because if you look at it as a sin, listen to me. You don't have to worry. Some of you, and when you hear that, I hear this break screeching. You're not a sinner. Are you born again? Yes. You're not a sinner. You were a sinner. You were saved by grace, but now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Quit calling yourself sinners. Well, I'm just, a, I'm just a worm. I'm just a sinner. No, you're not. You're a child of the most high God. Hallelujah. Created in his likeness and his image. Glory to God. Amen. But, and listen, you don't have to walk in sin. 
You know, um, if you grew up in a denominational church or another kind of church, you know, you were always having to figure out what you had to confess. And maybe you've been to a booth or two or something, and someone told you to do something or whatever. If you came from that background, you can come over and you, and you, and you have to watch. Either you bring that with you or you go totally to the other end where I'm not confessing anything anymore. But listen to me. The Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9, which is written to believers... Because it's an epistle. I was listening to Brother Hagin the other day, and it had to be a tape from the 50s. And he got on the, this thing about those people, 1950. So that's how many years ago? 70-some years ago? He said, those people who think that 1 John wasn't written to Christians. He said, it's a cycle. It happens all the time. The devil doesn't have anything new. He just, uh, what do you do? It, like, it just comes around like, uh, like blue jeans with big elephant ears on the bottom again. <laughs> we had those in the 70s. That's nothing new. There's recycle it. There's recycle hair hairstyles that you all have of your own. They're, they're, are you with me? The devil don't got nothing new. People don't got anything new. And there's really nothing new with God. Are you with me? So listen. What what he what the so if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus does what continually cleanses you. So you don't have to worry anymore about the sin of commission, omission, all those missions. Let them go. Just walk in the light. And the blood of Jesus will do what? Continually cleanse you. That's a pretty good deal. But if you sin, you have an advocate. Jesus, your high priest, is your advocate. He's your lawyer, and he won't lose your case. And it's kind of rigged anyway because you're going in front of your father. Hallelujah. And if you bring the word, it's a done deal. Doesn't matter what the devil's doing. Doesn't matter how much he accuses you. And it really, we obviously around here, we teach you not to, if you walk in the spirit, you don't fulfill the lust of your flesh. But listen, if you do sin, you have an advocate. And if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. What's the, what's the deal? What's the main deal? Righteousness, unrighteousness. It's positional. And one of the things the devil will do to you and me who know some word is he'll use it against you just like he tried to do with Jesus. If you are the son of God. All this is mine. And if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll give it to you. The devil can know the word enough to rest it, and sometimes he'll use the word to attack you. And you got to know what the difference between the Holy Ghost is and the devil accusing you. If you have sinned and you have confessed, then God the Father doesn't remember it anymore. Now, that's hard for you and I because we can remember it. And people surely remember it. And the devil will get you to feel in some kind of way where you're not worthy to go in. And what is that? That's a guilty conscience. A guilty conscience. How do you get rid of a guilty conscience? Well, first, you've had to repent of your sin. But number two, you've got to know something about the blood. You've got to know something about the blood. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. What, what does the blood do? Well, it says in, in Hebrews 10, 22, our hearts are sprinkled from an evil conscience. What's it sprinkled with? The blood of Jesus. Let's see that again in, in Hebrews 9, 14. I love the scripture. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience, purge your conscience, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So your conscience, your, your inner thinkings, how you perceive yourself, your self-talk, your value, your worth will either, because see if the devil can get you to believe that you're not worthy, that you can't enter in, that you got to clean some stuff up. Listen, you got to go in to get cleaned up. And you got to believe that you're the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. you got to know that the blood of Jesus is available, and you apply that blood to even anything in the past. And if it tries to come up again, you'd be like, no, I, I'm not having that in here. The blood of Jesus purges that. The blood of Jesus removes that. I'm not that person anymore. That's not who I am. That's not how I identify. I'm going to tell you who I identify as. I identify as a son of God. I identify as righteous. I identify as holy. I identify as blessed. I identify as accepted in the beloved. That's where I identify. Come on. The devil's trying to get people to identify, but you better identify. Who are you? Who are you? It's important to know who Jesus is, but you got to know who you are in Christ. And the blood of Jesus will purge you. Just thank God. Hallelujah. Why? So you can serve, so you can draw close. I want to live to serve you. How are you best going to serve him? Well, you're going to serve him with a clean conscience. I, I, once you know him, you move in, you'll be more useful to him. The devil is going to work morning, noon, and night on your conscience. Now, again, not a free pass to live in sin. The wages of sin are death. And you and I all face stuff all day long, every day. But the blood of Jesus will purge your conscience. Thank God for the blood. Romans 8, 1 and 2. We're going to finish up here in just a minute. There is now, there is therefore now no condemnation. Everybody say, I'm taking a step. Say, I took a step. Why? How can you do that? Listen to y'all, purpose this in your heart. I'm not going to live under any condemnation. No condemnation. See, sometimes with us in our circle, when you know some word, when you study a little bit, the devil will use it. Oh, you say you're a faith person. Why, why this? Why that? Why that? Why this? Why that? You don't have to answer the devil. If he harasses you too much, you ought to tell him about, he's trying to tell you about your future. You ought to tell him about his. I read the book, and I heard there's an angel coming with the chain. I heard there's an angel coming with a chain, and he's going to throw you down into a pit. And you're going to be locked up there for about a 1,000 years, I understand. You want to tell me about my future? Let me tell you about yours. I can tell you my future. I'm going to heaven. You used to be there. Remember that? So don't get feisty with the, oh, he is so past mad at me. I, could, I don't know that I can make him any matter. You can't be afraid of him. I always win. And when I'm done, I'm going to win again. Does that mean I have, don't have weapons formed? Oh, 
I could, we'll trade if you want. But you all got weapons formed against you too. But they're not going to prosper. Hallelujah. But how you get into the throne room? No condemnation. I know so many people, I would just love to go back and fix my past. Well, that's not possible. I messed this up. I, 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 you know, I just feel bad about it. Well, quit it. It's, it's, you, you can't fix it. God can fix you. And you can live today without any condemnation. Well, people won't let me. Well, that's people, but God will. That's people, but God will. Now, if you, know, if you did something wrong and you married and you're working through some stuff, I understand there might be some stuff you're going to have to work through. And, you, you, and don't be throwing this, well, God forgave me, why won't you? Let them work through some stuff. You do what the Bible says, but you are forgiven. But you also have to learn to be trusted again. That's a whole different story. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 is coming up on Wednesday nights. I haven't even told Pastor Rhonda this. We're going to teach together on marriage for a while. Well, you're welcome. Hallelujah. Um, um, but uh, uh, hallelujah. Everybody say no condemnation. Well, a little bit won't hurt. Listen. Oh. I wouldn't hang out with people who condemned you. Well, I deserve it. Nope. 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 It'll keep you out of the throne room. It'll keep you from getting more mercy and finding grace. Yeah, but I, I, I messed up. I deserve it. Yeah, you did. But Jesus took it. So now you don't. Now, there is... You know, if you do something wrong, I'm, I'm not trying to meddle, but, you know, if you had an adulterous affair while you're married and that doesn't work out and uh, you go your separate ways, well, the scenery may change and the people in the car may change, but you can go on with God. But there's no condemnation. It doesn't excuse what we do wrong except for God does and you can get back in the throne room. God forgives you. People might not. Well, they mean they better forgive me. They have to forgive me. They don't have to do nothing. Because you don't have to do nothing. If they choose to, that's good for you. But you've got to forgive yourself and you've got to move on. Because you've got to take another step. I think, you all, I think you're all ready for the next step. I, th I, think we, I think we're progressing tonight. I thought we'd take one, but hallelujah. All right. We'll just see. We're, we're, are we about done? Hallelujah. Everybody say no condemnation. But what do we got to do? We got to walk in the spirit, not after the flesh. If you want to live con uh, free of condemnation, you can't just live any old way you want to. Well, I'll just 1 John 1, 9 it. You're going to have a lot of trouble. It's there for you, but you're going to have a lot of trouble if you just live in your flesh. Because there's no condemnation to those who walk in the spirit. You got to finish the verse. It's not just no condemnation. There's no condemnation to those who walk in the spirit. How's walking in the spirit? You've got to walk in the word. And then you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. 1 John 3, 19 through 21. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts. What will keep you out of the throne room? Um, an evil conscience, a con condemnation. 
Um, your hearts are not assured that everything is right between you and God. If it's not right between you and God, get it right. And then you have access. You have boldness. You have confidence. Verse 20. For if our heart does what? God is not in the condemnation business. God is in the convicting business. The Holy Ghost will convict you of sin. But don't ever mess the two up. I feel condemned. Well, you said it right. I feel. Meaning you're causing your own condemnation. God will never condemn you. And you shouldn't condemn people. And you're not the Holy Ghost. So you ought not try to convict anybody too. Let's just deal with us. If my heart condemns me, God is greater than my heart. In other words, get over it. God's greater than that. God's greater than that. And he knows everything anyway. Verse 21. Beloved, if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence. One of the biggest things that will keep you out of the throne room is condemnation. I know this guy who wrote a book called No Longer Condemned. You should get it. 